This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Mike, man, it seems that now the PBA, um, before we get into our little spiels about what's happening, PBA loves to make it not they. They did like to make announcements on Wednesday. On Wednesdays. But they found out that Sweep the we Rack We switched now to Thursdays. Like, so guess what they do? They switched their announcements to Thursday, Mike's. Because they, they know. They know that they need to have the exposure of Sweep the Rack, and it's got to be fresh in the people's and fans' <laughs> minds. Um, but and, and honestly, this is, a, this is a great comment. I was thinking this earlier today with all the, all the you know, stuff to talk about this week. Uh, but Kevin Weeks in the chat, what's up, Kev, says, lots to digest. The bowling world and community is never a dull one. And, yeah, he yo, he's right. Like, if bowling ever blows up, there will always be something to talk about in the bowling community because there always is something to talk about in the bowling community. So, uh, yeah, we're here. has been good, man. We're here. has been a good one. Yeah, uh, John Stevenson in the chat with the fire emojis. The people want to hear. The people want to bring the fire, so that's what we're going to try and do. Uh, so, Rob, let's start where we always do, uh, you know, kind of weekly review of where we've been at. Uh, I have a league review for the people. I said that I'm not I'm not going to develop much content from this league this summer, and I kind of stand by that. But uh, last two weeks, we bowled on beaten path, Kegel beaten path. The league that I'm bowling is a, it's a, a roads of Kegel. Okay, so all the patterns that we're bowling on are, are are all some sort of road pattern. So this one is beaten path. I gotta say, excuse me, I gotta say, very easy, very easy pattern. Uh, you know, much less challenging than what what I'm what I'm normally bowling on or what I like to be bowling on. Uh, with that said, the place that I'm bowling is just it's a wreck right now. It really is. It's a wreck. Uh, it's a million degrees. Okay. It's a million degrees in this place. All right. One guy, one guy last night said, threatened to take his shirt off and bowl shirtless because he was, because he was sweating, uh, so profusely. Uh, it's a million degrees in the place. It has synthetic approaches. So the approaches are like, sandpaper i mean yo it is so crazy i i injured my knee last night i still am not not 100 percent walking right this morning and i injured it because i i like i, I plant my i went to slide and my foot planted and i continued to go forward but my foot did not move and yeah that's and i not only was i going forward i was falling off to the left a little bit and yeah, my foot just didn't move, and yeah, it did not feel real good. Uh, I wasn't even going to bowl the last game, but I was like, eh, you know what? I'll just, I'll just go slow. I'll throw it slow. You know, I'll do what I'll need to do. I'll just bowl. You know, just finish up here. Um, so yeah, I'm dealing, I'm dealing with a lot of factors in this league. So uh, it is what it is. The, the The pattern was a little bit soft last night. I went 240, uh, which should have been. 270 probably 279 i threw two terrible shots towards the end of the game then we switch pairs and oh there's also construction going on uh in this in this bowling center there's like major construction and then uh we we there's one pair where closest to where the construction is going on that both lanes seem to have like dust on them and they hook more than, than any other pair, and I started on that pair. So I would go to the next pair. They're completely different. I leave a couple 210s in the beginning of the game, if I remember correctly. 190. Third game, 
Still not on top of it, 170. Last game, you know, wasn't feeling real good with my knee that game or the last game, but I shot 230 the last game somehow, uh, which tells me I probably just need to slow down in general. Uh, but, yes, it's hot. The approaches are uh, are out of control. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm getting my four games in. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to practice last night because yesterday was my last day of work. Today is actually my first day of summer. Thank you, everyone. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to practice last night, but my knee was on fire when we were done. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm just going to get out of here and go home. So uh didn't get a chance to practice much. Plus, the pattern's rather soft. So, like, to practice on it isn't isn't all all that much of a, a great session in, in my eyes. But I will say there are a lot of people bowling in this league uh, that mainly bowl ha- bowl on house patterns, and it's just interesting to see their thoughts and talk to them. And you know, I ask them questions. I'll give them advice here and there. Like there was a guy last night who was repeatedly leaving flat tents, you know, because there's a ton of soup in the in the middle of the lane on this pattern. He kept getting it in, and I told him like, "Yeah, that ball doesn't have a chance to strike. You got to." You know, you got to get it right where the ball's going to hook and have a chance to strike. Boom, he starts getting it right, starts striking, you know. And it's just – it's cool to see that. It's cool to see people kind of figure it out and have some success at it and not be so negative about or embarrassed by their experience or their performance on the the tougher stuff. So, yeah, what did I shoot? I guess like 830, 830 for four, which is like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I probably should have been like 900 for four on this pattern. So no, Kyle, I didn't shoot 800. I didn't shoot 400. Uh, Nico asking, uh, am I going back to the training center? I am. Uh, I'm not going this weekend because I'm headed to AC this weekend, but I will be back at the training center probably next week since I'm off now. And uh, I will definitely be back in there checking it out. Uh, I'm not. I'm not on the. I'm not on the injured reserve just yet. I wouldn't say that. Uh, Jeremy pointing out that uh, don't bowl in South Florida. The AC breaks all the time down here, but most of the bowlers have invested in portable fans. Listen, I gotta say, I do not get not turning on the AC to a high level if you own a bowling center. I mean, I know like money, okay, but that's one of the most important things to me about a bowling center in the hotter, hotter weather is like, is it cool? Are the approaches good? Because those synthetic approaches, like if it's, if it's cool in the bowling center, the approaches are fine. But if it's hot and humid in the bowling center, those approaches can be vicious. So I don't know. I don't get it. But Rob, I know you didn't do much bowling because uh, you were in Vegas all weekend. Yeah, I actually did go back this um, when I came back on Monday because I had the day off and I went to Bolero. I have the Bolero pass, so I'm like, I, I want to try to use it a little bit. Not, I mean, nothing really. I, I, am I ready to bowl a tat next week? Because I'm leaving next um, next Wednesday afternoon for the tat. Um, and am I ready to bowl it? No. Uh, I I am, haven't been bowling well um, the last month. I can't figure out why. Um, I've tried to obviously go to Blanchard. I can't. I, I know what he told me. I've tried to like re I tried to like practice what Mark Baker would show me when I would work with him. Still can't figure it out, Mike. I just I'm not throwing it bad, but I'm not making enough good shots to bowl at a high level right now. I, I, I could bowl at a league. I mean, I mean, who can it these days? But as for like a tournament like like the USBC, right? I mean, I bowled 18. 75 for nine games and um i felt like i i, I should have at least been a 2000 if i would have been making shots so yes i know i'm not ready at this point i have to practice i'm going to the performance center this weekend at b3 i'm gonna bowl for an hour there i'm probably gonna go to bolero for a couple days i might spend another hour at b3 on monday or tuesday depending on when what time we feel like we do the show next week um but yeah, no, I just really gonna have to pray to God I find a good reaction while I'm out there and just kind of piggyback off that. That's where bowling is at these days. Like if you're not throwing it great, you just have to pray to God you have a ball that matches and you could make it work. Or which has happened to plenty of times to probably both of us, Mike, where you're not throwing it really well, and then all of a sudden something clicks, and then you're just throwing it great. Like it's happened to me before where I've, I've had zero confidence. Quick. St- and I, I agree that it's often tough to identify what it is, right? And and focus on it's, that thing. 
Yeah. And I also understand what it's like to, you know, like you said, like you're, you're, you're not bowling bad, but you're not throwing enough good shots to compete at a high level. And I, I, I love the way you said that because that's, that's the way I feel a lot of times when I go and bowl. I mean, when I, the difference between me bowling good or me bowling bad is how many bad shots I make versus how many good shots I make. Like, it's not like I can't make a good shot. I get up there numerous times, sometimes four, five, six times in a row and execute and make excellent shots. But it's those other three, four, five shots a game that really just kill you, you know. And really, you don't even have four or five bad shots a game. It's probably two or three uh, bad ones a game. But still, that's that's too much. That's too many. It hurts me. You, you, hurts me a like, I, when I've been practicing at the training center lately, Stu, what's up, man? What's going on? Uh, when, when I've been practicing at the training center lately, one of the things that I've been thinking to myself or when I've been practicing on my own lately is how many good shots in a row can I throw? Like, can, can I throw 20 good shots in a row or at least 20 acceptable shots in a row where I'm, I don't miss to the degree that it's definitely an open, you know? But yeah, yo, it's hard, especially on something challenging. It's hard. Stu, you're you're probably one hundred percent right. Uh, I would rather look good than lose than lose. Uh, yeah, than so, win. Dunleavy, yeah, so, Dunleavy in the chat. Uh, Rob, yes, we were just yeah. talking about that. Dan, yes, he's yeah, bowling. I'll be there. He'll be out I'll there. Dan's going. Uh, another one of my college teammates, Joe Abalo. Shout to four point Joe. Uh, he's going as well. So Rob, make sure you make sure you say what's up to those guys. Oh yeah, I'll see those and, guys. Uh, so, you know, hang yeah, hang out a little bit, buy them a drink on me. We'll but talk I'm not, a, we'll talk a, I'm not we'll reimbursing you baseball. though. Make sure Dan make sure Dunleavy buys you three drinks to the one that you buy him. Okay, absolutely. And buy them yo. a drink on me, but I'm not reimbursing you. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll see what happens. But uh, what kills me a lot of the times is the fact I usually do have a, a decent reaction. And then I, I, I kind of half I make some half fast good shots that lead to like flat tens or or four pins when if you would have thrown it better you would strike. So I mean look like I, I I've been practicing a decent amount but um yeah anyway so quick roulette story I think people would love this story. Um, I was at the encore I was walking by the roulette wheel I had a twenty five dollar chip in my pocket decided that I was just gonna walk by and throw it throw it on a random eleven. And it hit for 800, um, which was pretty awesome because it paid for my like, you know, a lot of my expenses because I don't gamble a lot. Nice. Next morning, I take 40 bucks, put it in a penny slot and cashed out for about 430 on the penny slot. On, I hit a big bonus on Wild Buffalo. <laughs> I had like 51 <laughs> bonus spins and it just the money just kept pouring in, cashed out of 400. So I gambled like three times on the trip and I ended up making like a thousand on the gambling and then everything else was just a, a fun drinking party. Um, so yeah. So anyway, Mike. Uh, so one more thing, Dan, Rob, sorry. I apologize. I couldn't make it to the tap this year. I know I discussed with you guys trying to make it out there, but yeah, I just, uh, I have too much going on. I have too much going yeah. on right now to go bowl yeah. in Vegas. Robert Hamilton, check it in saying he's going out there too, leaving Monday, come back Thursday. Robert, say what up, say what up, make sure you check in with Rob, say what's up. Uh, I'll be there Thursday, so I'll be there in the morning Thursday. Uh, your brother is in the chat saying, Mike, how come you don't bowl the USBC National Sport Bowling Vegas Gambling? I think you'd be all over that. Go, man. It's a lot Here's to go, why. Man. Uh, it's because generally people don't like me, and uh, people don't ask me to bowl. They don't want me to bowl on their team, uh, probably because I'm not an easy person to bowl with. Uh, I am, I'm like a self-defeating mental mess uh, when I'm bowling, so I'm definitely not good for like – the team or the pair. Uh, I mean, Jeff, you know me, so you know that I tend—I generally tend to be somebody who speaks my mind in all situations. Uh, you know, obviously that doesn't rub a lot of people the right way. So I'm not a political person. Uh, so yeah, I just—I really don't get asked to bowl. I mean, a couple of years back when they started allowing the PBA guys to bowl, we had an opportunity to bowl with Bill, and he wanted to put a group together. Rob, but you—you you remember this because. You were bowling with another team, and you were one of the people that we wanted to bowl on our team. But you yeah. had you already had arrangements uh, with with uh, with another team, right? So uh, we we had an opportunity to uh, bowl with Bill, and honestly, like I was not in charge of organizing it or anything like that. 
And yeah, it just never came to fruition. And we kind of lost that opportunity. He jumped on another team. Uh, so yeah, you know, plus I, to be honest with you, Jeff, I'm, I'm kind of picky about who I bowl with too. I am like, I don't, man, I don't want to go out there and just bowl with anybody. I, I, I want to, hey, I you know got a partner I want to bowl. Right, you got a partner right there. Not, not, not too shabby of a partner there. Man. Yo, yo, if you Mike need Wolf somebody, hit me partner. up. I do not <laughs> guarantee, I do not guarantee any, any kind of minimum score though. So, all right, Mike, we got to talk PBA. 100, Gary. 100. Mike. I'm real all the time, dog. Dude, yeah, just pretty much you could have just said, look, I'm a dick. Like, bottom line, I'm a dick. Nobody I'm not, though. Like, Rob, you know me. We're friends. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. It's just that if you don't – I'm, I'm one of those people that if you don't know me personally, then that's probably the way you view me. Okay. But if you come and you chop it up with me, then yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, you know, Look, you're gonna find out I that I'm, is, I'm not. I don't fit that description very well. I don't think. Anyway. All I know is if we bowl together and put it, if we put a team together, we would have a blast. Ah, uh, we would blast. bowl terribly. But we would, would bowl terribly. We'd have a great have a, time. Have a we would have time. an amazing time. We'd we would spend bad. all kinds of money. We, I mean, people would, would be, be mad at each other. Turn. People would be mad at each other for the amounts of money we would spend. Okay, yeah, but it would be but fun though. It would be fun. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, like, and responsibilities, man. I got I yo, know. Rob. You've been to my house. You see, like, I, I have big plans for my house. I'm constantly making improvements to my you house. Gotta stay up with Bill, man. You gotta I, stay up. With I know. Bill. I just well, he has two houses now, so I'm not. I know. There so yet. now you gotta get two houses. But I just put a new deck on the back of the house. You know, like that was an insane amount of money. Uh, that was probably three trips to the tat, maybe more. Probably probably five trips to the tat actually, but. I know JD in the chat asked me if I'm bowling tax tournament on the third. I'm not JD. I want to, but I'm not. I'll actually be up at uh, at Bill's Mountain House that weekend. Uh, he forced. I was going to come home Saturday and bowl tax event on the third, but he uh, he required me to stay uh, a longer period of time, so I had to cancel my bowling plans for that weekend. But I will great. I will be at the I will be at the tournament at uh, at Parkway. I'll be at Dougie's tournament Parkway. And I'll be at tax other events throughout the summer as, as well. All right, Rob, you're right. You're right. We're bullshitting too much. We're bullshitting here. We're, what do you want to get into? The biggest story? You want to talk Bolero sanctioning? Absolutely. Let's All talk right. Bolero. Um, let's do it. So let's. Shots fired. Do, 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 do. Bring, <laughs> bring out the cannon, son. Look, that, okay, that, so that sound is missiles, is missiles so being fired by Bolero. At USBC. I mean, come on, yeah. read this, read this release. I'll read Rob. some of the, I'll read, read some of the this here. release and tell me this isn't shots fired. So the PBA put out a press release today. Okay. Um, Nico, wait till Nico, Nico we'll love break you. It down so here. much love for you, bro, as a fan gonna, of the show. But on this one, you're you're hundred percent wrong. You're hundred percent wrong. There's a few shots that were taken here. If you really really read the press release and mike i've read this press release like three or four times because i want to get my facts straight okay i don't want jeff Reels to come after us um so pretty much what bolero is saying and i'll read some of the the press release here is that um you i don't want to read do you want me to read the whole press release mike for the people uh, that you can don't, do whatever you want um so essentially they're going to be starting a league bowler certification program this fall across more than 300 bowling centers in the United States with over 180,000 league bowlers enrolled. This will be a new national membership program offering a multitude of exciting benefits for league bowlers. The program will start with Bolero's corp footprint and soon after the PBA will work to expand to all U.S. bowling centers. Okay, so I'm going to skip here a little bit about some of the stuff. Um, here's Pete Tom Clark's comment was a little quick shot here at the USBC. It's exciting that league bowlers of all skill skill levels will be able to gain real value from this new PBA certified membership program. Mike, shot at the USBC, right? That's saying that the USBC isn't giving any any real value to the bowlers, right? That's how I took it, okay? The comp let's see competition camaraderie uh, bullshit yada yada yada. Uh, new benefits under four key pillars that bowlers will have access to. So uh, league bowlers will have access to official averages, full league standings, leaderboards, and special accomplishments. 
These statistics will be accessible in real time through PBA League Pals, a robust technology platform. So, Mike, they're establishing official averages. Okay. I mean, you know, look, like the PBA did that with the sport, like, like, like leagues, right? When they had the PBA leagues, that really didn't really affect anything the USBC was doing. Um, so they're going to be doing awards, right? Uh, they have a tournament. They're going to be running a national tournament for all the people who are, you know, doing this, where they're going to be giving a TV exposure, a lot of money. Um, the third pillar will be the awards. League bowlers of all skill levels will be recognized for their accomplishments, stamped with the PBA approval through being a digital awards program. So they're also not only establishing official averages, but they're also giving awards too. Sounds like you know what sounds like what the USBC is doing to a certain extent. No, um, except the USBC stopped giving awards. Um, here is the kicker, right? This is the this is it, Mike. This is where the major shot got fired. Okay, Nico, you got listen to me and tell me this isn't the shot that got fired at the USBC. Finally, there will be new rules and equipment specifications department led by world-renowned expert Neil Stremel former VP of rules and equipment specifications of the USBC and for world bowling. The regulations in the PBA league bowler certification program and tournament competition will be supremely transparent and work towards the betterment of the game and its bowlers. Let me read that again. The regulations in the PBA league's bowler certification program tournament competition will be supremely transparent and work towards the betterment of the game and its bowlers. So what are they saying, Mike? They're saying what a lot of people have been saying about the USBC in a lot of different channels that we've been reading and watching, that the P the USBC would, did a terrible job in being transparent in a lot of the rules and uh, that they were enforcing in the last three to five months. Yeah, uh, you know, great, great so, breakdown, great breakdown there. Uh, I, I agree. I do think that it's that it's a direct shot, you know, uh, at, at the USBC. Um, you know, I, I, I have, I have, a, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Honestly, right, and my my, my first main thought is, uh, will this even work? Will this even? I mean, so here's how I understand it: they're going to roll this out just to their centers this year. Then their plan is to expand it to all centers after that. Correct. Initially, initially, it's not going to cost anything to the league bowler. Now, people are crushing me on Twitter right now. I got $2 Phil Brylo uh, crushing me on Twitter because I brought up in a conversation with John Serbinski that, yeah, I feel like this is, this is a revenue thing. This is a, an opportunity. They see an opportunity to... Uh, gain revenue through this program, right? Through a sanctioning program for the bowlers that bowl in their centers and in other centers. Uh, will it even now? I know it's going to be free to start out. How do you know? They didn't say anything about Yes, cost. they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They, in the, in they the FAQs, in the FAQs, it says uh, that it, initially for this year, it will not cost the bowlers anything. They're going to they're be signed up for it automatically. Uh, they're going to, you know, the, the, so it's not going to cost anything this year. But what about down the road? You know, I mean, cable cable television once didn't have any commercials either. You know, and now that's certainly not the case. So I could definitely see them doing this for free for a year, two years, and then if if they're able to phase out the USBC as a as the the majority sanctioning body, then uh, perhaps then they would start charging for it. My other point and response to it not costing anything would be that they're already making the money off of off of the consumer to do these things. Like the 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 lineage rates that they're charging keep going up and up and they can disguise the cost of this in the in an increase in the lineage in some way. So to me it still is a a piece of revenue. It's something that they're trying to make money from. You know that's what they, that's what I see it as. I see it as a, a another revenue stream from for Bolero. Okay, just to be clear about that, uh, I do agree with you, Rob. I think that this is a clear shot at the USBC. I think this is Bolero trying to take over the USBC 
as the sanctioning so, and governing body is the sport. So here's my question to you, and I didn't read this, and I've read this I, I, multiple times. They didn't say anything about if this was just going to be a, a program that's going to be on top of the USBC, like like sanctioning body. So if I bowl league in Bolero in the fall, I, I'm what I'm assuming from from this press release is that the USBC is still going to be the sanctioning body of the league. And then this is going to be an extra like membership that every bowler that bowls in a bowler league is going to be a part of for at least the first year. Is that safe to say? I believe so. I mean, listen, we don't have a ton of information about this yet, right? So I believe what you're saying is uh, is is the way that it's supposed to be now. But but again, that's now. That's rolling this out. So my the main question that I had when I heard this is is, the, is it even going to work? Like most bowlers, especially league bowlers. I think they have a really shitty opinion of Bolero. You know, I have I have a pretty shitty p- opinion of Bolero. You know, when it comes to how they treat league bowlers, their their um, upkeep and and running of the centers in certain ways. You know, haven't I haven't been too thrilled with practice? Obviously, we talk about that all the time, Rob. You know, I feel like a majority of league bowlers kind of feel the same way. So, is this even going to work if they try and take over? the USBC or try and take over as the governing body. And listen, I want to say, I I brought this up when Bolero brought the PBA. You can go back and listen to the episode because I talked about how I felt like they were buying the PBA to to buy uh, legitimacy. Okay. And that's what they did. That's what they did. They, they, they bought legitimacy and now they have the centers. Okay. That's part of the legitimacy. They have the best bowlers in the world marketing for them, you know, bowling in their centers on a regular basis. That's part, That brings a part of the legitimacy. Now they hired a huge name in bowling, okay? Some people might not know that name, Rob, but, but Neil Stremel is a huge name in the bowling community, okay? So they hire a huge name, so they have legitimacy there, right? And... As I said, you know, when they when they bought the PBA, this is the way I looked at it. Like they were buying the PBA to bring legitimacy to the name Bolero in bowling. And now, yeah, they're going to try and get their hands in in other aspects of, of what goes on in the sport. I think the most interesting part of this whole thing is. Is what you talked about the Neil Stremel, but um, they're actually creating new rules and equipment specifications department. So, Mike, my question to you is, is this a direct response to all the bullshit that happened this year with the USBC no, and the specifications I, to the ball testing? No, no, I don't think it's a direct response. I think that Bolero has probably thought about this for a while, and it's just the timing is right with all of this stuff going on. I mean, they see an opportunity to align themselves with Storm, with Belmo, with some of the biggest names in bowling, you know, kind of in opposition to the USBC and present another option to people, you know. So that's the way I see it. Robert Hamilton in the chat asking a great question. So w- will we see or can we see a Bolero Open Championships well, in the yes, future? I think you're absolutely going to see that based on what they, they're they saying. About it. John Stevenson asked uh, earlier, are they going to have a streaming service? It sounds like it. It sounds like they're going to start their but own Mike. thing if they're going to broadcast some of these events that they're going to run. And listen, I'll be honest with you. I think there's a lot of potential there. I do. When it comes to to uh, competitions within leagues and states or within regional geographic areas, I think Bolero could really open up something big there, similar to the UBA or or uh, some of these other team based organizations that have been around. Um, well, here's but my yeah, question. I, I think we will see these things, Robert. I think we will see these so, things, John. Mike, so here's my question: If this if people who are saying this is not a shot at the USBC, people who are saying this is nothing to do with the USBC, why why in the world would they start their own equipment specifications department? Why spend that money and bring in Neil uh, Neil Stremel? Why spend that money and start a specifications department if they're not trying to go up against the USBC? Because that's the USBC's realm. That's what they do. That's what that's what we pay our sanctioning bodies for. Well, is specifications and testing and okay the the other answer to that question could be that uh maybe bolero wants to allow certain things in their 
uh, league environments that the USBC is not going to allow. Like and the what? main and the main thing that comes to mind would be string pins. You know, that's the main thing that comes to mind. Like maybe maybe Bolero centers mm-hmm. all yeah, want to go to string pins, string pins, and they know that the USBC maybe. is not likely to sanction string pins uh, as official for competition. But if they do this and they create their own rule, you know, their own governing body, you know, obviously this governing body is going to do whatever Bolero wants it to do, right? Your brother is in the chat kind of saying the same thing. And I, I, Mike, I agree with Mike, him wholeheartedly. And here's the thing is, I so, so talking about couldn't you the, see the that? Profit, I mean, right? the money, yeah, right? no, it, it, you know how much cheaper it is listen, for a bull center to run straight. Yes. Pins? I'm not going to get into all that. I'm assuming that people would, would connect the dots there to a certain degree, but yes, that's where I'm going. I'm going with like, so wow, that sport- would be a, is this the beginning of the sport going, at least the PBA going to string pins? I don't and know. I know woo, woo. Mike, you if, know, if, perhaps, you know, perhaps Bolero wants to sanction competitions that take place in different bowling centers at the same time. And the USBC is never going to do that. The USBC, you know, they're not going to sanction a tournament where one guy bowls in this bowling center in California and another guy bowls in this bowling center in Jersey. But maybe Bolero wants to do that, you know. That's and funny. honestly, I, I just think that they they saw the the timing of this. Well, it's funny. Know? It reminds me of like like a bo- a boxing organization that starts their own like 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 promotion, right? Because they can't do things they how they want to do it. So fuck it. Let's just start our own like promotion. Or I mean, golf. I know just yeah. It's like the live golf the live thing. Tour, the live it tour is. I mean, it's it's be- a little bit different, but. It's a lot different, it's, but it's yeah, similar. It's similar. It, yeah, there's Bolero similarities. Wants to do things their way. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, this could be and, interesting. And listen, let me be clear. This is not good for the sport. This is not okay. good. This is not going to be good for the sport. Okay, in the long run. All right. Uh, I also will say that the USBC let itself get here. The USBC let itself get here by losing control of the playing environment, and now. What you're bowling on, the conditions that you're bowling on, the the the, uh, the realness of the conditions that you're bowling on, doesn't matter. It's it's irrelevant almost. I mean, there's never going to be a cap on it. And the USBC allowed that to happen. And now, Bolero, you know, they can make them as easy as they want, and there's no problem. There's no issue. You know, uh, and and no one would blink an eye if they continued to go in that direction because. The USBC never really did anything about it. So, Mike, this could be really bad for bowling in the sense that not only would Bolero own the PBA, not only would they own the bowling centers, but now they're owning essentially the sanctioning body. They're pretty much they're pretty much owning everything, and that's not really good for any kind of business. You know who normally suffers when that happens is the people and the bowlers and the fans because now Bolero could essentially create a monopoly within the sport and they could really do whatever the hell they want to do. And nobody could really like, you know, check them at least the USBC. Except for Russ, Rob. Oh, the problem is, is though we, (laughs) we really couldn't do like any, like the USBC at least can, can check stuff, right? Like there is a check and balances with the USBC being around now, let alone have they been, you know, we think that they're doing a great job this year. No, but at least, you know, they're not afraid to come in and, and, and if they think something is not fair or not right, they put their foot down and they say, well, no, even though we've disagreed with a lot of what they've done. But if Bolero takes over everything, it's it, it's it can't be really it can't be good for any of the bowlers or fans, in my opinion. I don't know. We'd have to wait and see. But it does make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you say that. But at the same time, I have to give credit where credit is due and like. They have done some good things with the PBA tour. You know, they have done some good things with the PBA tour. It's getting more exposure. Guys are bowling for more money, you know. So I, I think they have done some good things. My concern is that, you know, again, that that was more about gaining the legitimacy than it was about actually wanting to do those things right or correctly or in a or, or in a complete manner. All right. We're gonna end our discussion on the on the uh sanctioning thing there. We'll keep an eye on it, obviously. Yeah, there'll be a lot more announcements, I would imagine, coming. Yeah, up. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I expect something from USBC like tomorrow. You know. What do they get? What do you think they're gonna do? What do you think their response is gonna be? I don't think they make a response. 
I think their response is going to be something along the lines of, we are the official governing body of bowling. That's not going to change. And we do not recognize any other organization as uh, as, <laughs> as a sanctioning would, body of bowling. Ooh, that'd be juicy. I mean, don't they almost have to say that? I mean, you know, they have to at least come back in some sense, right? I think, like, people are now concerned, not concerned, but, you know, like, is this the start of, is this the beginning of the end of the USBC? And I've already seen posts on numerous bowling message boards where people are asking about that. So I, so I, I don't know. My, so the, the most important question here is, uh, is Tim Buck going to become the new moderator of the Bolero uh, sanctioning body Facebook page? Absolutely. He's the, he he's the number be, right? one candidate. He's he's he the top to candidate. When you're looking at resumes for a moderator, I mean, it's Tim Buck and nobody else, right? I mean, he's he's the it of moderators. He is the Michael Jordan of of moderators. He is the Wayne Gretzky of moderators. He is the GOAT. He's There's really no the Will Chamberlain. I mean, because he's so legendary that, like, you know, people will talk Whoa. about him as if he's a mythical character of some kind. Well, uh, he is. Nobody's actually nobody's actually ever seen him or met him. Bolero should hire Tim Buck. They should. They should put him right underneath. Yeah. They should be like CEO, VP of operations. Neil Stremel. Neil no, Neil Stremel. Tim Buck. Tim Buck. Tim Buck. Yeah, absolutely. I'm All right, Rob, we actually have some bowling to talk about. Yeah, uh, some women women's bowling. U.S. Open. Can yeah. I start out? Can I start out with a with a with an observation? Uh, I guess sure. you could call me a hater if you want for this observation, but I it's something that is near and dear to your heart, Rob. I I know this. Erin um, McCarthy is one of my least favorite bowlers to watch bowl. Oh, it's, she it's is motionless, boring. She is the Dave Arnold oh. of women's bowling. I know. Do you remember Dave Arnold? Who in the chat remembers Dave Arnold? If you remember Dave Arnold, we could be friends. Okay. If you don't remember Dave Arnold, Dave I don't Arnold. know. Then we might not she's be old the, enough to be friends. She's the woman, Dave Arnold. Do you remember? I, I'm serious, though. <laughs> tell me, tell me that's not an apt comparison. Oh, okay. It is. I almost tweeted it. Like, is she going to show any emotion at all? I mean, like, she is just uh, stone face. Ah. Uh, Stoneface. I mean, Dave Arnold, if you're not familiar, would bowl PBA shows, and he was a great bowler. He threw it great. But, like, he would be completely emotionless the entire time he was on TV. Not a smile, not a frown, not an emotion, not a yeah, not a fist pump, nothing. 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 Okay? That's how Aaron McCarthy is. And listen... I understand it. I understand it because you have to be in that mental frame to. to 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 bowl well. I get it. Yo, shout to Erin McCarthy. I'm going to say in her in a second that her performance was super impressive. But oh my god, it's just it's hard. It's hard to get behind it because it's still, it's there's tough. just no hypeness. There I'm is, just like, and it's funny she, because like there's sixty grand on the line, and it's so like let's talk. Yeah, so let's talk because how emotions do affect your bowling. Look what happened. Yo, to yo, this is so true. This yeah. is so true. I remember this. Mike Durbin hyping up Dave Arnold as a cyborg on the telecast. Yo, that is that is real talk right there. Dude, but now, what I'm going to compare it now, it's tough to be critical of Aaron McCarthy right now. One, because she obviously won. Two, because Shannon O'Keefe, right, showed a whole lot of emotion when she threw that second strike. And what did she do? Let's talk in the about middle? it. Talk about Dude, it. Shannon O'Keefe, right? That was my pick to win. I thought if she got through that first match at the, as the, the three seed, she was going to win the tournament. And I, I would stick by that call, right? She had that match won. She had to throw an eight in the fill to win. She gets up in the second shot. She strikes, throws a great shot. And then given. So, get eight in the fill with her is given. She got so pumped, right? Regardless of what the announcers said, oh, Shannon's really good at getting her emotions down. Mike, you can't get that hype. And I've gotten that hype before. You can't get that hype and get your emotions down that quickly in, in, in the next shot. Like, she, she probably should have took a re-rack, right? I, that's kind of would have been my, like, advice to her. 
because she got up and then she just kind of dropped it, cut it short, and then boom, she churches to lose, which is heartbreaking for her because I don't know so Shannon sick. very well. So sick. But I, I know she prides herself on making shots, right? And in, in my opinion, she is the best woman bowler on tour. I, 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 I that's my opinion. She might not be having the best season this year. My opinion, she is the best woman bowler on tour. And she gets up and she needs an eight to win. I'm gonna pick her to do it 99 out of the hundred tries. Agree. I mean, I don't I don't hold her in the same regard as you do there, but I do believe that if she needs eight on the fill in a big spot, uh 99 out of a hundred times, she's gonna she's gonna get it. Right. So okay, so she loses, and I feel like after that match, Aaron probably, you know, even though you couldn't see it on her face, she probably was like, okay, like she got comfortable, right? Well, she won her first match. She beat Shannon on a, she got lucky. Okay. To win that match. Now she starts to get in her mind. Okay. This might be my night. Right. Well, and then can I also say that to me, and again, we're, we're not, we're not, uh, you know, high level, uh, you know, ball reps or something, but Aaron McCarthy by far had the best look on that pair of lanes on that pattern. Like her ball was the only ball that was, that was uh, rolling out or stopping, I would say, in the correct manner that you really wanted it to. Uh, Everybody else. She was the only motive. Yo, I have written down. The motive stuff looked really good on that. I mean, am I right that I thought there was was a lot of hook on that pattern, I felt like. There was a lot of of aggressive hook in in the back part of the lane on that pattern. And... The fact that she was throwing motive stuff, it looked really good on the hook. And yes, Rob, her release really allowed her to do something that the other players weren't ever really able to figure out how to do, except O'Keefe in that early game. Okay. And, and, uh, McCarthy switched balls after that, I believe. Okay. So obviously they transitioned from there. But yeah, to me, a big part of, of this win was, was the way she played the lanes and the look that she had. Her hand was behind the ball the whole. She, I, I don't remember seeing her hand behind the ball that much. Um, like oh, look, they were just trying to just let right, the ball the go. Yep, come let the, the ball go and just let all that all that friction in the back part of the lane just spend all the energy of the ball quickly at the right place. And so, that, I mean, that's a tough that's a tough pattern, tough type of thing to do if you've ever bowled on something. So like that. I just want to go out on a limb here and say I don't want to argue with Nico on PWBA bowling because he'll probably argue me under the table. Because he knows a lot more than in PWBA than I do, but I what I meant to say about Shannon, yeah, she is leading the player of the points. If you ask her, she has left a lot of titles out there. I think, like in general, she's lost a few times on TV. She, in her mind, I guarantee you, it, it could have been a lot better. If you ask her, yeah, because- Nico, last year, you know, the person who won the most titles didn't even win the Player of the Year points race. The player of the year points is 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 a shit show when it comes to the PWBA. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel like they have a good system for P, for the player of the year. I don't want to get into that, but I feel like to me, I think Danielle McEwen, and we could talk a little bit about that because the final match was interesting. Um, you know, Danielle da- McEwen. Danielle I, McEwen I, to me oh, is no. having a oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, you know I'm, you know okay. where I'm going, I know where you're going, going with this. To say. Danielle McEwen is having a is is approaching is approaching uh, having a Chris Barnes like streak, okay, of of not being able to close the door when you have put yourself in that position all week. Am I wrong? I mean, no, no. I I I mean, how can you argue with that? Her last. Her last two or three showings has been pretty, pretty not good um, on TV. Um, I, I feel like she is – there is the, the two best bowlers on the PWBA tour right now are Shannon O'Keefe and Danielle McEwen, in my no opinion. Right. McEwen, no question. I mean, I'll, for my money, I'll take Brianna Cote. No, I'll, I'll take, take her. I'll take O'Keefe over Cote. Okay, all right, but I I would agree with you about McEwen. I mean, you know, she's been the top seed twice in a row now. You know, uh, but again, like not. And this is this was a huge one, sixty grand. I mean, it's one of the biggest prizes in women's bowling history. 
But is so, it in her head? By is it in her head at this point? Like bowling on TV? Matches? No, not this, at this point. Not. This? A, that's why I said approaching. That's why I said approaching. I didn't say she's there yet. I said approaching because it's like it, I don't think it's in her head yet, especially because the last time with the seven tens and the ball choice, and we talked about that. Like it probably wasn't the right ball choice. This time around, not only did she struggle with the ball choice, she struggled with execution, and to me, a little bit too. You know, some of the shots didn't look like all that of uh, all, all of her best shots. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say nervous. there yet. I wouldn't say it's in her head yet. But I think if you, you know, the next time she puts herself in that position, it's going to be something that she's likely thinking about in in, in that spot. She um she looked nervous to me a little bit in like the first like five frames. Robert pointing out the last year was 100K. I'm aware, Robert, but. Still 60k. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that's still one of the top prizes in women's bowling ever, even with last year being the top prize. But go ahead, Rob. Yeah, all I'm saying is like she she looked nervous. I feel like you know she, this was a big one. Like you don't, there's not a, you don't get a lot of chances to win U.S. Opens in your career as a bowler, and you you, you got to know that, right? Like you, you know, so it, it, it that was a tough one for her to swallow. Because I don't know, it's just after her just seven tens and 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 losing, and now she loses again. It's just I feel bad for her because I like her and she's good for women's bowling. Danielle, she is. She's good for bowling. She you know has a great you know social media presence. You know she's you know uh, attractive female. She's she throws the ball great. She's she stays in shape. I mean she's everything you want to be uh, the face. A PWBA bowling, right? Um, you know, so you want to see her win and you want to see her like do that so that PWBA could succeed and they could have someone who, and I feel like they really need that like person. They really do, really, in my opinion, they really need that like Belmonte. They really do need someone kind of like that's going to bring exposure to the sport, you know, and I feel like she's close because she's always on the shows. And she's, you know, she's really good at what she does. So I, I'm rooting for her. I like her. And I feel like I hope it's not too much in her head. Sherry asking if it's bad that the USBC dropped the prize. Actually, Sherry, as somebody mentioned above, uh, th that, that was actually the decision of the players. The players decided to spread the money out more through through the field, uh, you know, so that so that more players can, you know, get a significant cash if they bowl well in this event. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was voted on by the players. Um, you know, which is, which is, I, I think, I think is a smart thing for the players to do, you know, uh, to spread the money out a little more 60,000 for first is still a really good, uh, really good first place prize, you know? So, um, obviously, you know, if it, if it could be a hundred thousand and everyone can make the same numbers underneath that, that they're making for the 60, that would be ideal. But if we can't have ideal, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But all right, Rob. Enough, uh, enough, enough. Women's bowling talk here. Are we ready to give the people what they show up for? Yeah, absolutely. My worst of the week was easy this week. It's, oh, it's yeah? The, oh yeah, simple, and everybody probably saw it. It's the it's it's whoever put up the post about this guy shooting nine hundred. Oh no! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It is. I mean, are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, guys! Come on now! I'm not being mean. All right, I'm not hating. Okay, whatever. Dude shoots nine hundred. Congratulations. Okay, but seriously, did you watch it? Did you watch the last three shots? Dude, he he threw three great. He threw three shots. You struck. He threw him in the pocket. Yeah, Shep asking if we talked senior U.S. Open. We didn't, Shep, because uh, neither of us had gotten to catch up on that yet. Uh, so we're going to put that on our docket for next week and follow up on that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Some uh, John mentioned in the chat that someone was calling me Brooklyn Rob on Bowl TV. Uh, yeah, I please agree. don't do. That. Please don't get us mixed up because I'll end up getting banned. From all kinds of shit because Big Mike is is no like, I I I said no it's I mean my name on there is the two one fifth it's the same it is on Twitter so like you know people just need to pay attention um, nine hundred the nine hundred was terrible 
It was tough. Is it Sorry. Safe to say, terrible. Is it terrible safe to like, say that 900? 900 has jumped the shark. In fact, it's jumped the shark so much that I think that from now on, when someone shoots 900, they should keep going. They should be forced to keep going. And it should be how many can you throw in a row? 36 is now old. Is it 37, 39, 40? How many can we get? What what would be the record for most most strikes uh, in a sanctioned league session plus strike overtime? You know, it's it's I mean, really, it's a joke. Like if you watch the video, uh, come on. I mean, doesn't doesn't this prove that almost anybody can shoot nine hundred once you get to a certain skill level with the right given the right set of conditions, being Dude. you know, given the right ball, right lanes, right carry, right pair, everything correct that night. I mean, Rob, you 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 were saying before we came on the air that you have an eight seventy five series, eight seventy six series. So like you could have shot nine hundred before, and you sure. probably did that on something that's way tougher than what the, what they're bowling on today. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. It's just it's just it's, really it's, frustrating to me. I mean, you know what? I guess what annoys me about the whole thing not not the, not the Sky Bowl nine hundred is the fact that Glenn Allison. <laughs> Stu commenting Mike, that Mustair. oh Rob yeah, Mustair. if we if we extended it and saw how many you could throw in a row, Mustari would have. Went for over over a twenty four hour period, hundreds yeah. in a row. Yeah, I agree. Oh, so back to my so back to my point. Like Glenn Allison's nine hundred still not sanctioned. The guy bowled it when nobody could probably bowl three hundred, and and he bowls nine hundred. And these people are getting recognized with nine hundreds, and this guy who actually had a le- legit nine hundred is still not sanctioned. It's it's a tragedy. And I don't think it'll ever get sanctioned. Um, but you know, hey, I get it. Um listen, Eric, call me a hater if you want. Eric's in the chat saying I'm hating. Striking that much has always and will always be luck, man. Just give them their flowers like bowling's done since the beginning. No, you're wrong, Eric. I'm sorry. It hasn't always been that way. Okay. Maybe it's been that way since the time you've been around, but it was different at one time. And if you apply a different pattern to the lane, some of these people that shoot nine hundred wouldn't shoot 600 ever, okay? So please spare me the, oh, just give them their congratulations and keep it moving because it's it's part of a bigger issue, okay? Well, that's it's not about sport. just one example. It's not. It's, it's, it's not. You're a, right. You know, it's a You're bigger right. issue, okay? That's it. It is. I mean, it all is. you got to do, Eric, is make them a little hilarious. Like the pattern that I bowled on last night, beaten path, okay? Rob. To me, it's like I got I have I have massive amount of area on this pattern. Okay. But the guys that I'm bowling with who bowl on house a lot of the time, they feel like they're bowling on the US open pattern. Okay. No, I so agree. so like it really doesn't take much to get bowlers out of their comfort zone to where you can't strike versus striking on every shot. So please, Eric, you know what? Spare me, bro. I'm sorry to come at you in that way, but you called me a hater. And I'm not being a hater. Fine. The guy shot 900 on a, in a recreational environment. Great for him. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean much to me. Okay. It doesn't mean much to me because the environment is what it is. Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Worst of the week is turning is turning aggressive here. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun, and I'm making it aggressive. So my worst of the week is just Mike. You know what time of the Wait year? Wait a second. Is. Wait a second. We're going to continue this argument. That's why they bowl league and not the PBA. What are you talking about patterns for? Because, Eric, here's what you don't understand. Just because it's league bowling doesn't mean it's never meant that it's supposed to be guaranteed throw the ball anywhere and strike. Okay? That is something that has developed in the bowling community over the last, what, Rob, 30 years? Probably since the early 90s. Okay? So, uh, you know, over the last 30 years – People who have come up in bowling have come up in a way where they think that the norm is, oh, it's easy to strike and throw it anywhere. But the reality is that it's not supposed to be that. Okay. That's not what it's supposed to be. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying it's supposed to be PBA level uh, patterns either. I mean, Eric, that's a ridiculous statement because if you put something like that out for a traditional league bowler, they would, most of them would quit within a matter of weeks because that's how hard it is. I'm talking about something that's even mildly challenging here, okay? That's why I'm talking about patterns. I'm talking about mildly challenging patterns that would that would present 
a ridiculously hard challenge for a, a typical league bowler. Okay. I love it. I love it. Mike's get all riled up. Immersive of the week. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Mike, my worst of the week. You know what time of the year is, Mike? It's mid-June. So you know what that means. That means the bowling ball companies are about to release all of their new releases, which means stay off of social media because guess what's coming out, Mike? The longest, strongest, greatest bowling balls ever to be released. Ever. 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 Better than anything you've ever thrown. Well, it, it needs to be, Mike, these balls need to be in your bag. All of them. All of the new releases need to be in your bag. I think Storm is coming out with like four. Hammer's coming out with two. Um, I saw Abonite's coming out with uh, um, uh, all, all 35 even, even brands. Deviate, of even Deviate's dropping some balls. Deviate. All 35 brands of Brunswick are coming out with new releases. 35 brands of bowling balls, two, three releases each balls, 120 bowling balls, Storm, Global, all kinds of new balls. Mike, as someone who's currently bowling right now, how do you even like keep up? Like, what do you even like? I, I just can't even like fathom about all the bowling balls that are coming out and how. I have all these bowling balls, and I, if if I want to get a few of them, like what do I do with my old stuff? Like they crack, I put throw them in the dumpster, whatever it is, Mike. It's just that's you want to talk about something else that's been, you know, uh, to me a really bad part of that's been a routine for the bowling industry is the fact that all of these new releases keep coming out every three to five months or three to four months. Um. And let me say something else, okay? Because you went on a rant. I'm going to go on a little bit of rant. And I want everyone Stu, to be careful. Stu, before you do, Stu in the chat saying, uh, you make it sound like the tech industry and car industries aren't the same way. Eh, I th I mean, I can see where you're coming from there, Stu. But I'm not I'm not so sure that that's, a, that's an exact uh, head-on analogy there. But go ahead, Rob. What do you want to rant so about? I want everybody to be careful about the social media and the, the 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 reviews and the ball reviews that they watch that are telling them and are reviewing these bowling balls. 99% of these ball reviews that people are telling you about these bowling balls are coming from people who are paid or contracted from those bowling ball companies to sell you on these bowling balls. The best things you guys can do is find some kind of social media or someone who does ball reviews that doesn't have any, any like, you know, um, contract or any kind of staff contract or getting paid. Uh, essentially you're watching a paid advertisement when you are watching a bowling ball video, right? Now, if you want to watch the ball videos to just see what the ball motions are doing down the lanes and how they're different, whatever, whatnot, like, I'm all for it, but the people who are telling you that this ball is the best and you need to put it in your bag are most likely 99% are getting, are you are getting a paid advertisement. Okay. If Sweep Direct did ball reviews, I would be, you would be completely honest with the people and say, this ball sucks. Don't drill it. Right. I really, really believe and feel that like when you're on, like when you're like 90% of this, the, the content that the people are are being exposed to are all paid advertisements, bottom line. So I just want to throw it out there. I want everybody to be, you know, be wary of what you're watching, okay, and what you're hearing about. Well, um, Stu says it would be hard to wait for one video every six months. But, uh, Stu, you know, we also don't get the free balls. So, you know, how are we going to trash equipment that sucks if we don't get the free balls? And, Rob, I'll, I'll respond to what you were saying there. I think that uh, I'm at the yeah, point I where the I Blair, actually – I actually like to wait. Like I'll wait a while after the after the balls come out and see, you know, what you know, see what are what are a lot of people throwing? What are a lot of guys on tour throwing? What do you see going down the lane a lot? You know, those are gonna be the best balls. Like for instance, one ball you saw going down the lane all the time this year uh was that uh Nova, you know, 
yeah, great ball. Great ball. You see it going down the lane all the time, being used on different conditions, et cetera. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that you, to, to the average bowler, you might be better off, you know, kind of waiting, hanging back, you know, seeing seeing what's really good, maybe drilling the balls a few months after they come out when some new stuff is coming out. Maybe try to work out a deal with your pro shop operator on one of the older balls he has sitting around since he wants to get the new stuff in. So, you know, that would be my thoughts. But all right, Rob, go ahead. Give it to the people. Wow, look at that. Stu says he agrees with me on something. Uh, I guess he's saying he agrees with me that it's best to kind of uh, sit back so, and then drill stuff later on. I well, do that. My, I do that. You know, I do that my all advice. the time. Here's my advice. You really want to know what balls to drill with all these new releases coming out. Watch the streaming services for the PBA and for the PWBA. Yeah. Watch watch the shows and and, yep. and and really try to watch what the pros are actually throwing during competition. Okay. Like You'll people, see. like people are still throwing an idol. Right. Idol. Okay? Right. Like so, if if, if right. the idol came oh. out, if the idol came out numerous years, it had to be several years ago now, and people are still throwing it in competition on tour, you need to have that ball in your bag. 100%. Okay. 100%. Like that's a no brainer. Like same thing with the purple hammer. You know, purple same hammer. thing with the like. To me, for the, for the average bowler who's who's only drilling a couple balls a year. It should really be easy to decide what balls you want to drill or which ones you want to avoid. But, yeah, I think, you know, Rob, what you said before about agendas and stuff like that also applies to the pro shop business as well. Yeah, you know, you know what? If if you go into – when you go into a pro shop, if you don't know the ball driller and you're asking them about uh, drilling a bowling ball, ask them specifically if they're on contract with any staff. Ask them. Yeah, Stu's you know, saying watch watch what strikes in your local center too. I I completely agree with that 100%. When I yeah. when I coached high school, that's one of the things I watched most closely is what other balls are are kids whacking them with that we don't have. And Dude, and so- if I so like I remember when the uproar came out, the Roto Grip uproar. Yeah. A couple kids in our high school league drilled an uproar. And, you know, they were just, you know, run-of-the-mill kind of average bowlers in the league, and boom, right away they started whacking them, putting up big scores. And I told my guys, I said, yo, listen, everybody's got to drill an uproar. And, yo, they all drilled an uproar, and people went crazy putting up scores, whacking them with the so, uproar. Real quick, just so we, you know, we finish this, like a ball like the Venom Shock, okay? When you see people throwing, like motive staffers throwing oh, yeah. Venom Shock on TV all the time, but you never see the new releases getting thrown on TV, right? right. right? Then there's probably a reason why they're not throwing the new releases. But you know what? It's not just TV, though. Watch the streaming. Watch the match play. Watch what they're throwing during the match play. Like, listen to the commentators. Yep. Once in a while, they'll drop it. And then you could get a really good idea of what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I, I would say that the dark code was a good example of that throughout the dark PBA code. season. There's like whenever I was watching, horror, right? Yeah, like whenever just, I was you know. watching, I'm I'm saying recent ones, recent ones yeah. that were released, yeah. re, you know, rather yeah. recently. You know, yeah. some of the ones you're talking about, Rob, are like some of the greatest bowling balls ever made. But so of course, them. people are going to know those, I would imagine, right? Yeah. But Zen, but yeah, it right. is funny how like somebody could have these one or two balls in their bag, but they don't have one of the greatest balls ever made. You know, but yeah, I think dark code UFO alert, you know, definitely examples of that reality this season. Okay. All right. Kim, All right we'll, we'll, should we make that our final thought? We'll make the, we'll the make ball that discussion our final, our final thought. thought. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So Mike, follow us, everybody on social media. Yeah. I'm uh, at the two one fifth on Twitter. He's at Brook and Rob Brooklyn 11. Rob 11. Uh, check out our website, sweep the rack bowling.com. Uh, check out our YouTube bags. page. Subscribe to our YouTube page. We got rosin bags if people want them. We got some more. Uh, shout to Jeff from Lindy's Bags. If anybody needs rosin bags for any reason, uh, you want to get something with your company logo on it. You want to get something with uh with your 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 image on there. Team your bowling team name. Hit them up, I, I, guys. You have my word. The rosin bags are the nicest rosin bags I've ever had. I mean, they are just they're they're totally quality. I've thrown, I've thrown mine a hundred times and it hasn't exploded. Oh, I, I beat the crap. I punch mine. I, I literally punch it on the table, punching it like it's a piece of meat, and I'm beating it with a with a meat tenderizer. 
and it just takes the abuse. It really does. Uh, uh, are we doing a show next week? Yeah, I think we're definitely we'll doing a show next we'll week. We'll talk. You yeah, because I'm leaving around. for the tat, and you. Oh, Wednesday, that's right. So. That's oh yeah, but we got it. We got to do. We, you know, you got to yeah, go so live from the tat. Tuesday. Let's go live from the tat. Oh, but, maybe I might be able to go back to old mom's house and do it. Undo it from mom's house. Yo, so, yo, let's yeah, let's do it. Let's do uh, it. All, all right. right. Yeah, all we'll right. see. We'll see. Uh, we'll let you know, Robert. We'll put it out on social media, Stu. Thanks for the comments in the chat. Good to see you, man. Hope all is well. Uh, good. Sorry luck about the glare, people. Bowling. Yeah, Rob, you got to work that out. The sun, all right. the sun came Yo, out. It was raining. So. My summer started. I'm out, people. Right, Have a later. good one. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.